Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. My name is Gary. And this is Mike. And this is Daniel. Well, guys, we have another fascinating topic that we're going to discuss tonight. And I'm going to start us off with another quote from classic literature. Very good. Or at least, or at least a, a known author. This one comes from C.S. Lewis. Above all, beware of excessive daydreaming and seeing yourself in a... In the, uh, oh, wow, let me try that again. Above all, be aware of excessive daydreaming and seeing yourself the center of a drama of self-pity and as far as possible of fears. So today I want to talk a little bit about this quote. Specifically, I'd like to talk about fantasy-based thinking or daydreaming or vain imaginings, sure. if you like. Sure. We can talk a little bit about the idea of making ourselves the center of drama. Drama. All right. Uh, the dangers of self-pity and fear. As far as possible, sir. So I just I I actually have this quote written down in on the first page of my recovery book. This was something I was reading um, when I started my recovery work, and I liked it so much because we are always talking about fantasy based thinking, and we just recently talked about the importance of like being in the moment, being present and things like that. So I thought maybe we should start by talking about some of the dangers of fantasy-based thinking or vain imaginings or daydreaming and what that might look like and why why is that dangerous? What does that do for us that's that's bad? Now, I'll, I'll go ahead and start out. Um, I know as part of my cycle that any fantasy-based thinking, any any thinking that is not based in reality can lead to the preoccupation phase of my cycle. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it might not be sexual in nature to begin with, but it most often it's probably not. Most often it's probably not, but it slips into that. And some of the things that, as I've been thinking about it, that, that appeared a lot, you know, uh, some kind of revenge fantasies if things were going bad, something that I would fantasize mm -hmm. a lot. Um, I found myself falling into that trap of, have you ever, you ever, uh, I found yourself in a situation and then replayed it later and said, if only I'd said that, oh, if only oh, I'd yeah. said that, oh, yeah, okay, sure. I would, I would get into that kind of a cycle. Yeah. All right. Which would kind of begin to work me up. And, and so that's some fantasy. And it hangs around for days. Oh, oh yeah. 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 And the more it goes, the sort of the lathery mess I uh -huh. become. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that that was that was one. Um I found that uh daydreaming about things like what if I got a million dollars or what if I got, you know, and all the things that I would do and that that really slipped into you know, sure. some some acting out kind of stuff. So, I want to talk a little bit about about these, and I even like some of the terminology that it's referred to, like mm -hmm. vain imaginings. Yeah. All right. The ability to use your imagination, because I think your imagination is a powerful tool. Yes. And I don't think that every thought that you have to have needs to be a hundred percent based in empirical reality, you know. But 
for them to be vain or pointless or empty or without purpose, that starts to be kind of dangerous and is very much a piece of it. At least it's a, a piece of my, the preoccupation phase of my cycle. Yeah. So wanted to see no, what I you mean, guys think. I mean, that's something that I definitely struggled with. I mean, there was many times you'd point that out for me because uh, even before the divorce happened, there I would be in that place where like, oh, if I'd only had done this differently or if I hadn't done that, then we'd be in a different place or, mm-hmm. you know, or I wouldn't be going through a divorce or she wouldn't be angry with me or, you know, all these things. And I, it would just wind me up and I, you know, it would cause other problems. Like I wouldn't get sleep because my brain wouldn't shut off with all these possibilities. So, you know, kind of go back to that thing. I'd be tired the next day. So I was more susceptible to acting out or, you know, reacting negatively. Um, so there was that winding or there was the, the, you know, the what ifs I had done things differently, Yeah, you know, um, not change things in the past, but you know, well, what if, you know, I do this and then, you know, she'll react this way and then, you know, I'll be in a better place or I'll be able to overcome these things. And it was just this, I wasn't able to be present Mm -hmm. because I was always in either, uh, focusing in the the past or in the or in the future. So I wasn't in the moment. And so it just always caused tons of problems for me. I have a question for you. Sure. Um, since you bring this up, and I think it came up last night in one of our group sessions as I was listening to um, uh, one of the individuals talking about gaming, right. excessive amount of gaming. Uh, both of you live in a in a world of, that's completely foreign to you, foreign to me in right. terms of your gaming. And you've, I think you've been you've spent an awful lot of time talking about your experience as far as that goes in some of these previous episodes. Yeah, what has gaming meant to? Because much of your gaming has an awful lot to do with fantasy-based mm-hmm. thinking. Right, yeah, right, sure. In fact, you know what? I want to expand that out to maybe fantasy-based entertainment in general. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. And I've always found it very interesting because our, our my therapist hates, 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 hates fantasy-based thinking, but sure. I've always found it interesting that my recovery book references it all the, the time. time. Right. Yeah. It references... You Star know, Wars Star Wars and Harry, Harry Potter, Potter and, and, you know, it references them the all rings. the time. Yeah, <laughs> references them all the time. And and I've always thought it interesting because I found that a lot of addicts really can, you know, can take those examples from those stories and really understand the point that's being made. And I've, I've tried to work that out in my head. Why is that? Okay, there's got to be something, there's got to be something there that's worth having. Otherwise, it wouldn't be cited so heavily. But at the same time, there's something also inherently and very dangerous about it too. And, and so this is kind of the guideline that I've come up with. It's okay. It's okay to have stuff. It's Mm -hmm. not okay for your stuff to have you. Yeah. Okay. So there's a very legitimate guideline. There is, there is a very big difference between engaging in a story all right. And then using that story and thinking about what does that mean to me? What mm-hmm. can I take from that? What is what are the archetypes of life? What lessons is that teaching? And what can I learn? That's a very different kind of engagement as opposed to I'm going to throw myself body, mind and soul into this <laughs> yeah. made up world and then live there. Yes. You know what I mean? You know. Yeah. No, I mean for me, uh, you know, reading those uh at first, I was really confused about that, but then I realized those stories are kind of telling the hero's journey, right? Which is what we're in a lot. Where you know we're in a circumstance that we didn't choose, and now we have to either you know take up 
the cause and, and ride through the, you know, the adventures and face the demons or whatever it is that we're ha having to, and then eventually we'll come out in a better place in the end, a better person. Um, for me, with gaming, I focus more on it's not getting lost in the world. It's how am I have enjoying my time with who I'm with? Yeah. You know, uh, I'm being deliberate in who I'm spending my time with, you know, like... You know, if I'm playing games with my friend, like I, I've mentioned before, I'm enjoying that time with them. Uh, you know, I'm not focused on, oh, I'm going to win. I'm going to, however, I'm, you know, whatever mm -hmm, tactics mm -hmm. or whatever. So I'm the winner every time. It's, I'm having fun with them. If I win, that's great. If I lose, that's great. Interesting. Um, which is, which is why I've come to like the term, which is why I've come to like the term vain imaginings mm -hmm. more yes. than fantasy based thinking. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, whatever is going to work for you. You know, if it works for you, use it. If not, then put it on the shelf, find something that does work. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've, I've wasted a lot of time in my head imagining to be somebody or something else, you know. But more often than not, it's the, it's the vain or the empty imaginings that are dangerous. Right. You know. There, there is a, there is a good deal of power in storytelling, which is why we've done it since the beginning of time, and yeah. why some stories have endured that long because they're teaching you something that's real or even hyper real about a good way to live. Yes, yeah, and you you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but it, it's the empty, pointless, doesn't do anything for you kind of thinking that I think is is the day is is really the danger in it and and yeah it, it's I, interesting because i it's not something that i myself find myself spending a lot of time in yeah. in terms of in terms of what i traditionally would call fantasy based right but i do know that i do indulge in fantasy based thinking because i but because i've talked about revenge uh -huh. um, sort of the whole idea of revenge and thinking in some cases where i'm living in the past yeah or i'm uh, um <clears throat> i'm you know, certainly have thought about living in the future. You know, you all talk about maybe a Star Wars experience or a game of something like that. I remember my first experience with Star Wars and when the first one came out in 19, <laughs> I think it was 1977, I think it was 12 years old, something like that. And my dad said, hey, we got to go to this movie because it's, it's going to be phenomenal. And I went and said, you know, uh, what on earth was that? Let's never go again. And I don't think I ever saw another episode of Star Wars. So fantasy for me, that's what that tends to yeah. be. Mm -hmm. Even though even a lot of the literature... Mm -hmm. My children, I remember taking them to Harry Potter, and they said it was the best movie ever. And I said, did we sit in the same movie? I, right. It makes no sense to me. None of it ever does. But that's not to say that I don't indulge in fantasy-based yeah. things. Correct. And I think that's really critical for most people to think is, is that, okay, perhaps I don't, I don't live in the same space that so many others do in terms of the fantasy kind of stuff, but I certainly do. I can tell you what, I can spend hours dreaming about one of my stocks taking off big. Sure. Yeah. And uh, and what my life is going to be like in the big house I'm going to buy when it finally when my ship finally comes in, ship S H I P. Not when my ship comes in, my ship comes in, and when my ship comes in and how big that house will be, yeah. uh, that kind of a thing. And that's just as much fantasy based thinking as anything else. Absolutely. And interestingly enough, I can spend as much time, uh, I can spend as much time. Uh, 
uh, picking a stock mm-hmm. as you all can in playing a game. Yeah, sure. Which is which is just as dangerous in a lot of cases about what it's doing and what it's not doing. Well, another way I found that I was doing fantasy ba- based thinking was the persona I was showing to everyone. Yeah, so, there you, know, you go. I I definitely had this, you know. You know, I the persona that I carried was based on whatever I thought everyone else wanted me to be. Right. And so, you know, that was definitely f- very fantasy based. Yeah. You know, I had to be a certain, act a certain way. I had to say things a certain way. I had to, um, you know, I was expected to do certain things in a certain way. And so that's that I pro- projected that uh, yeah. to the world. And you know, and then of course that you know, there would be certain aspects where I was in another group of. Uh, people and there was a different persona that I would show to that, and I'm sure many people have done that. Yeah. Um, and so that definitely, I, I've realized I've had to kind of undo all that and just be me and who I am instead of this projection of, of who I could be. I think another really dangerous trap that we fall into with this kind of stuff is kind of the next line in the quote where you start to make yourself the center of a drama, seminar center of a drama. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, and I think a lot of. Uh, like revenge fantasy or, or things like that start to come from that or that reimagining cycle. I should have said this. Yes. I should have, and you create this whole narrative in your head that can get you worked up. You I know. had a I had an experience. It's kind of fun that you mentioned that. We had just started the the uh, our SAA stuff. Mm-hmm. We were meeting of course just down the road here. Uh, yeah. When we first started up, and I, I two days earlier I'd had a client come in and was really upset with some of the things that we had done and was really sort of just let us have it and uh <laughs> for two days i had stewed on this right. what would i have said what would i have not said and of course we meet at seven o'clock in the morning on a saturday morning and i found myself driving over on saturday morning rehearsing in the car the silence of my car at 7 a.m nobody around rehearsing all the things that i should have said to those people was out I, loud like, like was this absolutely. wow, wow. <laughs> you're rehearsing your drama and then and then really sort of came to this realization that wow look at you you've wasted two days of your life focused on uh, on something that really affected you in a negative way and instead of really sort of tackling those issues mm-hmm. head on what i find myself it is this rent revenge uh, and this, all, all this revenge cycling this this recycling thing of of Wow, just babbling is what it really was. It was really embarrassing. <laughs> but I, but we do that. We yes, do that. we do. <clears throat> I've done that. Yeah, no, I have. And there's another line, the next line, uh, self, what was, what was it? Oh, self-pity. Yeah. Self-pity, I, I think that kind of ties together. We're, oh, absolutely. We're, we're in that victim stance. Oh, yeah. And so in that victim stance, we kind of we project ourselves as the center everyone's picking on us the reason this is going on is because of that person and it's it's my it's not my fault it's theirs and so we kind of boy i think everything's circling around us but we're not taking any accountability when really hey i made a mistake or you know or, or maybe something i did is the reason that they're upset with me um instead of and that's not really being the center of the attention at that point it's kind of like wow Okay, something I did has, has has caused that reaction. They're reacting to what I've done. Um, instead, uh, instead we're in this mindset of, oh man, they're just they're horrible. They're always picking on me, yeah. and and X Y Z, and then we com- compound that and and further make that that craziness. That, oh, that I drama. think I think any time, and back me up if I'm wrong, or not back me up if I'm wrong. That's a terrible <laughs> thing to say. No, correct me if I'm wrong. 
I find that any time I indulge in self-pity, it doesn't take long before I start imagining things way worse than they are. Oh, yeah. You yes, know. yes. Oh, and then you just like revel in it, you know, and me, you know, exactly. just, you just get yourself into this funk until pretty soon you're not connected with what the reality of the situation yes. is at all. Right. Yeah. I related in a previous podcast that uh, um, I'm realizing now that I, I start to have sexual thoughts. They mm-hmm. come from two places. The two sources of my sexual thoughts, when it's me thinking to myself that, hey, guess what? I'm feeling amorous, I want sex kind of a thing. And whenever, which, which is interesting, and I mentioned this multiple times, that one of the really sort of red flags that should be going off in anybody's mind is the amount of times they're having sexual thoughts during a day. That is a just a genuine insight into what's happening in our world. So mine come from two places. One, I deserve this. Or two, I need this. And when I say I need this, that's coming from a place of self, self-pity where I'm saying to myself, I need some validation. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really what I've attached to the act of sex as being being validated, self validation, which is a place of self pity, which is clearly a place mm-hmm. of self pity. So it's really kind of interesting to to sort of look at that and say, "Wow, what's really happening is Mike just needs somebody to put his arm around him and say, look, you know, everything's going to be okay, Mike. You're really an okay person.' That's what self pity is all about. It's this yeah. feeling of." Hey, you know, no one's recognizing me. No one's not, just like you said, meh, meh. <laughs> my life sucks. <laughs> well, and, and that comes from, you know, probably our, our family of origin or our childhood where we didn't feel like we got that. Perhaps. And so now we've amplified this where it's like every, you know, no one does this. So I yeah. need to find any way to, to find this. I know for me that definitely happened. And it was like, I'm learning that I'm, I'm okay doing that for myself like wow okay i've done some hard things today yeah, i'm okay today i'm okay today um you know. what a distorted brain to think that the, immediately your brain jumps to the idea that you've got to have sex in order to be validated right. that's a distorted thinking yeah process. sure yeah so. well, and somewhere along the, the way that was equated like oh this i feel that va- you know yeah someone's you know wants mm-hmm. me someone is enjoying spending time with me and so our brains do those weird things i know i i've had to undo that one as well yeah Kind of a fun one. Kind of a fun one. Uh, let's see. Other types of fantasy thinking. Well, here's, let's go ahead. I was going to say, something. here's a couple that I thought were really interesting. Living in the past. Yes. Yes. I think that's a really, uh, really telling. I'm not one that uh, really sort of visits the past per se or lives in the past. So many movies that have been built about around the idea of, gee, wouldn't it have been great if... You know, the coach but, would have just put me in. But, We'd have won the state championship. Right, but do you stuff, know what? You know? So, but in the, in the height of my addiction, I found myself constantly fantasizing about really going. If oh, I could yeah. go back in time, I would change this. I would change yep. this. I would change this. Yeah. You know, now I, I have no interest in changing my past because I would lose what I've gained. You right. know, I, yeah. I'd never want to repeat it or go back to it. Or right. nor would I ever say. Do whatever you want, because you, you never get away with anything. No, no. You, you don't. But thinking of the nine step promises, yeah. you're even talking there. Right. Don't exactly. Wanna, don't want to redo the past or change the past. And wouldn't want to close the door on it because there's so much about that that can be helpful to yeah. other people. But yeah. But no, no, I mean, for me, I'm I'm grateful for my past because it's mm-hmm. it's where I'm at now. Yeah. But I do remember early on, I struggled with that. Like, oh man, you know. If I could only have changed that, gone back and changed that. But then, or go back and beat yourself up over, yeah. and over, yes. and over, and then, over again. But then, the kind of the thing that helped me stop that, and I know this is it's another fantasy based thing, but I'm like, but do I remember what happened in the movie The Butterfly Effect? 
Every time that guy went back to change something, it got worse. Okay, now see, but what you just did there, okay, mm-hmm. now stick with me. What you just did there, I would say that's a, that's a healthy example of using story to learn something about yourself. Sure. Okay. D- d- does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Um, and and we're gonna, I want to talk a little bit about that before we get to the end of this, this okay. podcast, but... Let's let's jump back into the one past the where we're living. Was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of the other one was uh, looking into the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Constant, uh, uh, always looking forward to the next big thing or the the uh, you know life isn't good right now. If only it were you know if I could get past right. this, it's going to be grand. Right. As soon as I as soon as this this or this happens for me, looking into the future. Yeah. No, I I saw. I saw Star Wars when I was five years old, and and that movie became that that the videotape that this kid watched over and over and over until it fell apart. No I, I may oh, have yeah. gone through three. Yeah, exactly. Right. You, you feel you oh, yeah. feel me. But you say that you say that, and I hate to say this, but I'm going to. As soon as you started about talking about the future, I thought. Uh-huh. All his life, he look away to the future, to the horizon, yeah. never his mind on where he was or what he, you know, just little Yoda there, episode yep. five. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, Which one's Yoda? I don't even know. Oh, stop it. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the good thing about that, I mean, if you're looking always at the future, you can't make changes now so that that can happen. Yeah. You know, I, I know so many people are like, oh, man, one day, one day I'm going to have that car. You know, uh, you know. Then the question is, well, what are you doing today to to get that car? I mm-hmm. mean, that's something that uh, you know, my my like my son, he wants a Lamborghini. You know, he wants a Lamborghini, and, and they're not cheap. And I'm, so, uh, you know, the question is, so what are you going to do to get that Lamborghini? Because I'm not buying you. <laughs> right. I, you know, and I, I know it's a little harsh on that, but th- that's a reality. But we have to do things to be. A, he's right. got to have a job it's, or whatever to afford that. So yeah. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to that term that I'm falling in love with is the vain imag- imaginations. Mm-hmm. The vain imaginations. See, remembering your past so that you can learn from it mm-hmm. and and share that wisdom with others. That's a powerful tool. Yes. Yeah. Being able to imagine the possibilities of the possible future to give you things to work forward to and to look forward to is also a powerful tool. Yeah. You know, I'm going to jump back to this quote and something I like about it is it says above above all beware excessive daydreaming. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that's different than daydreaming. It says no, you need you need we have an imagination yeah. for a reason. If you can't see things as potentially better than right. what are you going to work for? Yeah. You know, if you can't you know, look at the past and say, I could have done this different. I will not do it that way again. You, right. you see, it's a powerful tool, and you yeah. don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. I was just sort of thinking about how goals fit into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember thinking to myself, you know, was it a vain imagination to think there, that I was going to college? Is that something, was that a goal, or was that a vain imagination? I ended up going to college and ended up getting a master's degree in and all of the things and a license and everything mm-hmm. else that goes along with my profession. But but there was a time when, when no doubt about it, and there was lots of times during the process of it all that all I could think about was, when, I, when I'm done with this, this is going to be fantastic. And the reason why I think that's relevant is is because if, if somebody can make a vain imagination a reality by 
you know, if they spend enough time thinking about it and becomes a goal and that they want to accomplish it, that there's some good side to it as well. Right. And <laughs> in, in which case I would no longer call it a vain yeah. imagination. You know, you're using your imagination. You can picture what you want yes. and now you're going to work and you're for gonna it. Work and that's what your imagination is and there that, for. And that's right? your focus and yeah. your target. Yeah. And you need that to get yeah. from point A to point B. Right. You know. Now. But I would say to imagine that you're going to be Donald Trump. After getting that, that or, might have been crazy. Or just or, or to lose yourself in it and yeah. just sit there and, yes. oh, yeah. and do nothing about it. Then yeah. it becomes. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be a CPA and get my degree, and then you do nothing. You don't go to school, and right. one day I'm gonna be that. Yeah, just keep talking about how one day it's gonna happen, and we meet right. lots of people along the way. Oh, yeah. and that is the case. Where mm-hmm. literally yeah. it's, you know, no, I know, when I, I know. finally get started, I'm gonna get after this, and I'm gonna be somebody, and I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna. No, and I, I think you're right. That becomes. A I know there's many times that. I did the same thing where like, oh, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to do this. But, you know, I'm going to beat this addiction. But I wasn't using the steps of right. I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm, you know, yeah. And I didn't put anything into it. I, I didn't you put just, in. You just sat there and comforted yourself yeah, in this, saying, I'm in this do pretend this. Yeah. thing that you're. I didn't put any first order changes into place. I did wasn't going. Okay, uh, what do being, I have to do right now to make that yeah, happen? Yeah, yeah, I wasn't being honest with the therapist. I wasn't doing the steps I needed to. Um, I was just ruminating. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna beat this. So I think that fits in that. I think we find a lot of people in that. Oh, for what sure. Do you, what do you yeah. consider excessive daydreaming? Have you ever met an excessive daydreamer? Um, uh, I think I think things. I think things become excessive when they stop being useful. Okay. Or when they prevent that. you from yeah. doing basic things that you need to do. Or they or they begin to cost more than they give. Yeah. You know, if, you know, once I've had had the idea and I've imagined what it could be like, you know, now my effort needs to be, okay, how can I make that real? That's yes. where my energy and effort goes. If I'm doing nothing but constantly doing it. I, I think of the kid, I think of the kid who spends all day in school looking out the window and daydreaming. <laughs> and then doesn't do his homework. And doesn't do his homework, doesn't yeah. listen to what's going on. He's not present with yeah. where he's at. Yeah. In, in that case, it ceases being a useful tool and, and is something that you're abusing. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, I've been that. The last it's part just an opportunity to escape reality. Yeah. yeah. It, you're using it as an escape. Yeah. Which yeah. in itself is yeah. part of an addictive process. Yes. And Correct. Yeah. So then the last part of this quote, and uh, it says, and as far as possible fears. Now, I like that it says as far as possible because that means you're going to have them. Yes. You, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. Now, I, I realize that I'm talking a little bit of, I'm not trying to break this down like it's some mm-hmm. verse of scripture or anything like that. But I, th- I think I think that the words were very deliberately chosen. Yes. yes. And I've thought about it a lot, you know. So excessive daydreaming, that means there's something useful there. But then it says, you know, don't make yourself the center of a drama in your head. That's no yep. good. Right, right. Self-pity also, no good. Right. But then it says as far as possible. As far as you can fear. And I think a lot of our fears come from vain imagine, imaginings. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, yes. you know, and then you have an emotional response to this, and then you begin to act like that's going to ha- happen. Yeah. When, the, when the, the likelihood is, is it probably won't. You know, yeah. It might be bad. It might be hard. But it's probably not going to be as bad as hard as you're imagining it going to be. And, right. and sometimes fear can be healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some times where it's like, I'm afraid to answer a question. You know? A question is is thrown out 
for example, uh, during one of our groups. And it's like, oh, I don't want to, if, if I throw this answer out, I might be wrong. I'm, I might sound stupid. Um, and I was called out on it last week, to be honest. Um <laughs> You know, and then, you know, someone answers it and then you throw out your answer and it's like, I'm, I'm ta- yeah, it's, it's the correct answer. But, it, you know, I didn't take the chance and, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter now because it's already out there. Um, but sometimes taking that leap of faith or facing that fear is a good thing. You know, uh, I, we're, we're facing it now in recovery because, you know, we've been afraid to, to put it out there that we have this problem and now we're facing it. I think I think developing the courage to face your fears is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, and there's a topic in one of our books entitled, in faith, you know, Becoming Friends with Friends Fear. Friends with yeah. Fear. Friends with Fear and how appropriate. Put that, that on a list of. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, that's a good one. Potential. Becoming Friends yeah. with Fear. And I think it's I think it's very legitimate. I think it's uh, 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 there is no security in the mortal existence. There just simply no. isn't. And so we have to learn to deal with uh, the unknown and the fear of the unknown mm-hmm. and and what tomorrow may bring and what it may not bring. But if you let if you let vain imaginings take control of your fear, then you're going to be that person who's afraid to yeah. leave your house. Absolutely, yeah. you're going to be a, that person who's afraid of germs or well, right. I mean, I mean <laughs> right. so excessively that it destroys right. your life yeah. yeah you know you think of all the great inventions that have ever occurred you know think about uh think about the wright brothers mm-hmm. right i mean if there's anybody in the whole world that really was able to overcome a fear of heights or whatever you know mm-hmm. to put themselves up <laughs> out so many times and propel themselves out you know at, at very high altitudes and speeds and everything else to to arrive at a place where you know Air travel is a common thing for yeah. us today as a result of them overcoming their fears. Well, I mean, look at Edison with the light bulb. I mean, yeah. he, it took a thousand and one times for him to come up with the, the light bulb that works. You know, and if he had had fear after that first or second failure. time. Fear of failure. Yeah. Sure. We have lights now. Um, or would it be someone else we're talking about instead yeah. of Edison? Right. Um, or we'd be sitting in the dark. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> you know, I, Still using a candle. <laughs> right. You know, and, and I'm sure like with Tesla, you know, he had some fear because of all the stuff that he went sure. through. But his name isn't the one we talk about as much. Right. Um, you know, it, he's kind of becoming more popular now because of other reasons. But, you know, he, he died penniless. Yeah. So, but his name is cool. His name is cool. And, way yeah. cool. And David Bowie portrayed you know, <laughs> him in one movie. But um, you know, it, it, it's those fears that hold us back. You know, what happened? What What if he had faced those fears and overcome those obstacles? You know, where would we be, yeah. we be now? Because I mean, one of the things he invented was a wireless communication network, which is what we have now: Wi-Fi and stuff like yeah. that, and satellite communication. So. So many of these people that overcame their fears that provided opportunity for so many of us to follow. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, go ahead. I didn't mean Jackie to Robinson, you know, yeah. playing baseball, one of the first oh, yeah. blacks to play, mm-hmm. to play major league baseball that has now provided opportunity. Think about so many that just, yeah. You know, oh, Rosa phenomenal. Park. Rosa you know, Park. Facing which, by the fear. way, interestingly enough, she's, uh, last name is mine. I won't say it on, on the podcast, but she is, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a fun one to bring up. Yeah. We'll talk about that some more. <clears throat> Anyway, yeah, but you're, yeah, and you're sometimes about it's those moments when we face our fear that we have the greatest strength or greatest opportunity the, to grow. One of the biggest hinge point hinge points of my life was facing a fear, really, and overcoming. Yeah, I've when when I finally told somebody everything that I had actually been through. Yeah. That was the hardest thing that I've ever done, yeah. you know. And I was so afraid of what might happen. I was determined I was going to take those things to the grave, and yeah. so yeah. facing that and letting it go. 
made all the difference in the made world. Made all the difference yeah. in the world. You know, so. Wow. Very fun. Yeah, good stuff. We need to wrap back to... All right, well, then let me bring this full circle. We're almost almost done. when we're talking about fantasy-based thinking, keep in mind that, you know, mental health is commitment to reality at Mm -hmm. all costs. But there is real value in the ability to conceptualize what the future can be and work for, to remember the past and to learn from it. All right? There's also a tremendous amount of value in being able to abstract life lessons from stories. That's all, you know, for example, you know, Mike, you're, you're constantly uh, talking about the importance of religious texts in your life. Those are the, those are the stories of a people, right? You know, right. And they've lasted for thousands of years. You know, the stories in the Old Testament have lasted thousands of years because they're so relevant and relatable. They're almost like hyper real. There's no bottom to them. Right, right. You know, we have have these things for a reason to enrich our lives. But like with anything, if we let them go in excess or they get a hold of us, then they become tools of our destruction. So long and the short of it is, Long and short of it is, go to a Marvel movie, enjoy it, talk to about it, what you, you know, talk about, or just go to a movie, go see a good story, read a good book, whatever, and then talk to somebody about what you've learned. Mm-hmm. Maybe think twice before you do it in costume. <laughs> I've never done it. Never done that. Um, no, no. I th- you know, what? I'll, I'll quote. I'll, I will. I will. <laughs> What is what is a okay? Here's a Harry Potter quote that comes out of the recovery book. You know, from the from the mirror of Erised. It doesn't do. It doesn't do. Oh, now I've lost. It doesn't do to to lose yourself in whatever it is and then forget to live. Yeah, I, I couldn't quote that. But that's okay. If it's I had close time, enough. I'd look it up. But you get the idea, yeah. right? It does no good to live in your dreams or lose yourself in dreams and forget to live. Right. Yeah. No, it, there are many times where. Uh, I'll go see a movie, and there'll be a moment. I'm like, "Oh, I can. I that's that's a valuable thing that I can take away and use." So, my favorite uh, part about going to the movies is not the movie itself, but talking to people about it afterward. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I'll tell you how bad I become. I refuse to watch a movie unless it's based in, uh, unless it's got some shred of documentary evidence or truth to it. It's based on a true story. Really? Okay. I literally don't. (laughs) I have no interest in watching a movie that is just. I mean, I take that back. I mean, there's some stuff out there that I find myself that Mm -hmm. that can take me away. But for for the most part, when I go looking for a movie, I don't go to the movie very often. But when I go looking on a Netflix or something like that, I'm looking for something that is based on a true story. Well, good for you. Yeah. Because I'm, for whatever reason, that that speaks to me. You know, and if that if that works for you, then I'm going to encourage you to do that. If that if that enriches your life, great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Interesting stuff. We're out of time. How does Already. that happen? Again. How does that happen? All right. Well. Stop living in fantasy. Stop living in fantasy. Reality is so much better. Absolutely. Or if you're going to. It's okay to visit fantasy for a small vacation, but don't live there. <laughs> Just find your way back. Follow the popcorn <laughs> trail home, Daniel. Yes. Ex- <laughs> Daydreaming? Okay. Excessive daydreaming? No. Yeah. We decided that was bad, right? No, All right. It's okay to pop in, visit, be a tourist, but come back. Come back. Always follow the popcorn trail home. Yep. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, 
I hope that did some good. <laughs> Guess we'll find out. With that, this is Gary saying, do the next right thing. This is Mike saying, do the work uh, necessary to find the, reco- the peace that recovery can bring. Good job. And this is Daniel saying, find humility in your recovery and apparently follow the popcorn trail home. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at 12thsteppodcast at gmail.com. That is 1-2-T-H-STEPPODCAST at gmail.com. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.